1: Hello. Hi. Uh, is this Alex?
2: <laughs> it is.
1: What is going on with you, dog?
2: <laughs> I just opened some Civ. What about you, dog? Oh, and I have a Modelo. Uh,
1: is C- Civ is like Civilization, like the video game, right?
2: Yeah. Have you played it?
1: I have I don't really have the patience for games like that because I feel like Civ is a is a Mm. commitment like I don't I I don't do any entertainment thing that's a commitment like I won't even watch a movie because I know I'm in it for an (laughs) hour and a half and a game of Civ I mean that's like three days right how long does a game of Civ last it
2: is yeah I mean it, it can go on for a really long time I'm on the second day
1: I've been invited by friends before to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and that's just my worst fucking nightmare because it's, um... I mean, that's a whole commitment. You know, I want to say I'm gonna say this real thing about Dungeons & Dragons yep. real quick because I, I don't know why I need mm-hmm. to get this out there. A lot of the times in Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. um... Like, when, like, I've been with my friends and I, we've, like, talked about putting a game together, and they're like, we need somebody who's, uh, like, knows a lot about the game in our group, that they can, like, uh, guide us through it. Does that make sense? You ever play Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I actually have but, it, but I really want to.
1: But I think that that's not what you want. You don't want anyone in the group who <laughs> knows what they're talking about because then that person's just going to be running everything. You, I want to play Dungeons & Dragons with a group of people where nobody knows what they're doing, and that feels like it's more fun than having it one guy be like, okay, fun. now you do this, now you do this, now you do this, now you do this.
2: Right. Right. It's way more fun if you figure it out together. Way more fun.
1: Anyway. Um, let's see. <laughs> what is your name? Alex. Um, Alex, it says here that you are a mm-hmm. private investigator. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. What is that like?
2: Oh, well, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, right now, I mostly do like surveillance. So a lot of cheating spouses trying to figure out if people are cheating
0: on each other really Um,
2: you can do yeah yeah that's actually like a lot of what private investigators do and they do a lot of insurance too to like see if you lied about your insurance claim and stuff so back
1: up for a second i want to get the whole picture here so you're it says you're 23 years old
2: 24 yeah
1: 24 so are you uh, is this a private practice or do you work for another investigator
2: I work for a company, yeah. But it's private because it's not the government.
1: Interesting. Okay. Or like a
2: government agency.
1: Well, it's funny because I I feel like when I think of a private investigator, I feel like most of them are like, they're like older. Like they're like, when I think of a private investigator, I think of someone who's like 50 or something.
2: I am very rare. I'm very rare. Most people are retired police. Yes.
1: How does one become a private investigator?
2: I went to school for criminal justice and I got super lucky and um, I just asked around to see if somebody knew somebody and I ended up finding someone who was willing to take me under. Um, but usually you'd go to school and go get your license on your own. So you have to read this huge book. It's really not that big. It's like 300 pages. You read this book and then you go take this test and the test is ridiculous. It was a hundred questions and um, it was horrible, but yeah, that's, and then you find a job. And
1: that's kind of it. Why do you need a test to become a private investigator? Because don't you? I mean, because <laughs> it's it's ve- it's a very much like uh, because if you're not working for like the government or whatever, and there's no or like the police, and there's no like buy the books. You know, you know how that people are like, we're gonna do this by the books. I feel like there's no book for you to go by <laughs> and you're just kind of doing it on your own. Why do you need to pass a fucking test? I don't know
2: the book. <laughs> The book is actually the Idiot's Guide to Private Investigation. (laughs) That's what the test is based off of.
1: There's an Idiot's Guide Um, to, like, you can just go on Amazon, (laughs) buy this book, and become a private investigator.
2: That's where I got it. Yeah, I got it off the Amazon. (laughs) Okay. But there is a lot of laws. Most of the questions are about the laws, and the laws are, ooh, there's a lot. Um, Right. Because what is the (laughs) line between
1: privately investigating somebody and stalking them?
2: That's a really good question. And I think we are stalkers. We're just legally allowed to be stalkers. Hmm.
1: How long have you been doing this for? Um,
2: This is, I I had my apprenticeship for like six months, but I never went and did anything. I went and did something for the first time last week.
1: Oh, so so last week was your first time out on the field.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was telling the call screener, I've got some imposter syndrome, and it just doesn't feel real yet, like because mm-hmm. I've been working towards this for so long, and now I'm doing it. and It's just like, it has not hit me yet that I'm a private investigator at all.
1: Well, yeah, I mean you've only done one, one thing. I want to, I, I, I want to get into the the whole imposter syndrome thing, but I have so many other, so many questions about your. Your gig. All right. So, okay. Oh, yeah, so yeah. how much are you, what are you, are you allowed? To, what, what was the case that you went on today?
2: It was, oh, I went on a one yesterday that was a custody case. So we're just trying to get somebody doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. Um, the first one that I went on was a cheating spouse case. And so same thing. I just followed her around and um, made sure she wasn't cheating.
1: Hmm. So. So okay, let's let's take this cheating spouse one for example. And this this is this cheating spouse one. Was this like you were an assistant to somebody else, or or this was your case?
2: It was all me. I, I went I out that. alone for my very first case.
1: Awesome. And so I assume you had a lot of cases before that where you were like sort of shadowing a different PI.
2: No. <laughs> oh, really? I would think, think that's how is that not yeah, how that works for it should be how it works but I I don't know I guess I kind of have this like air about me where people think that I know what I'm doing and so they're just like oh she's fine go do perfect. it perfect and it was terrifying
1: all right so <laughs> tell me tell me tell me how this went tell me uh I want to hear did they like give you a okay here's their license plate number here's their address go to their house follow their car see what's going on type of thing
2: yeah, you might as well go get your license. That's exactly what I did. Just talk okay, to him, t- get all the information that you can, and then go follow him. Just
1: tell me how it went. What did you see? What's the? What did you feel? What, what? What was? What was that? That stakeout like?
2: Oh man, I mean, I was really, really nervous because I hadn't done a shadowing before. That I was not in a good position, and that I was going to totally blow everything. like they were just gonna be like who's this chick following me but that didn't happen Um, I followed her she went shopping she went and got some food and that was it she didn't cheat but um, yeah I was super super nervous that I was gonna blow the cover the whole time
1: I, I, I would fucking be too if that was my very first time doing that I'm so surprised that they didn't have you like shadow a person beforehand they just sent you on your way
2: yeah
1: <laughs> but you did it yeah, you, you found it. out that and... they're not cheating
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so, uh, that's what's so surprising about the imposter syndrome is i keep getting thrown into these situations and it's totally fine but for some reason i'm like it's not totally fine i don't know
1: well i uh, so but this doesn't make sense to me because so they hire you to follow this this guy hired you to follow his wife around for a day but how does he know that she's just not cheating that day?
2: Well, we usually do it multiple times because of that exact reason.
1: How, how much like, longer are you going to follow this You know, the circumstances
2: for? have to be perfect. I don't know. It usually depends on the client. You know, they might get that feeling where, you know, oh, I'm just I need to chill out. Um, maybe she's not cheating or they might be like, no, I know this is a fact and I need to get this for my divorce. So keep going. Um, cause people, you know, they could, they could be cheating every other day. They could be cheating once a month. Like that's what makes the private investigation stuff really hard too, is that there's no guaranteed results. We could follow your wife around getting lunch for two months, but she could still be cheating like it's difficult.
1: Dude, it's so crazy that this is like a legal thing you can hire somebody to do. (laughs) You can can just hire somebody to to stalk your wife and it's totally legal. That's crazy. (laughs) No, I totally understand why you have all these feelings about this. Yeah, you have to hire, you can, as long as they've uh, bought a book from Amazon, read it cover to cover. (laughs) You can hire them to stalk yep. whoever you want. That's crazy to me. No, I understand why you have all these feelings. I mean, this is a wild thing that you're doing. I would feel all the same feelings.
2: <laughs> it's crazy. It is. I'm just wondering when it's going to set in. Like, I've already gone on the two cases. I've been doing the apprenticeship for a while. I got my license. But I took that stupid test. Like, when am I going to feel like a prime investigator?
1: Can I ask what, tell me more about this test. What kinds of questions were on here?
2: Oh man, that test was horrendous. Um, there was, so like when you do certain things wrong, you can either get fined or you can get your license taken away. And like some of the questions would be like, if if you did X thing, would you get fined $1,500, $2,000? $3,000 or $3,500. Like, they wanted you to know to the T what was going to happen to you when you fucked up in each and every single situation. And then, like, so 30 how, the how much do you were, get fined oh, if your adhesive do you do
1: mustache falls off your face?
2: <laughs> That's going to be two grand, unfortunately. They
1: have, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, I know you are like, have like legitimate feelings behind this that you called in to. Talk about, but I like, I have so many questions just about this thing because it's fascinating to me. You like, so okay, so it's legal, okay, so it is legal to hire somebody to stalk your wife to see if she's cheating, but Mm -hmm. there are certain things about it that are illegal, and if you do those (laughs) things wrong, the government can fine you,
2: yes. can you can you uh, give me an example of like
1: give it give us an example of like a couple things that could go wrong that you might get fined for
2: well i mean the easy one is confidentiality you know like if i walked around telling the names and address and the you know whatever of the people that i'm watching that's a that might be a revoke actually um and then there's like so so much gray area. Like when it comes to GPSs, you know, you'd think that a GPS would make this whole thing so easy. We're actually only allowed to use GPSs if both names are on the car. That's the only circumstance. So if you put a GPS on somebody, not both names are on the car, they go find again. <laughs> like there's so much random stuff.
1: Oh, so if a husband and a wife both own a car together, you're allowed to track it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Wait it has to be the client, whoever's asking for the tracking has to be on the car.
1: The confidentiality thing is super funny because you're not allowed to disclose. So if a client comes to you and says their name and all this, you're not allowed to tell anyone, but your whole job is to find confidential information about other people and tell it to
2: your client. <laughs> You know, I haven't thought about it that way. That's pretty hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. We're we're allowed to dig into other people's business, but we can't we can't be the information, or I guess we are the information source. I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know what we're doing. This
1: is so interesting to me. Okay, so tell me about you said you went on two cases. One with the guy and his wife, and you followed her all around throughout her day, and you didn't find anything. What, um. Mm-hmm. What was the second case?
2: It was a custody. Uh, so trying to catch somebody doing something they would look bad if she had kids with her. Um, and same thing. You know, a bunch of nothing, which is another crazy thing. Like, I got paid to sit in a parking lot for four hours and wait for her.
1: Did you bring, like, binoculars and shit like that? Like, it's a, like a legit stakeout?
2: <laughs> Yeah, I have a bag, and it has a, it has, a <laughs> it has a disguise in it. Uh, it has a oh. So I was I was right about the stupid mustache
1: on. thing. You have an actual disguise.
2: <laughs> I do personally because I'm kind of an identifiable person. Like, I don't think I blend into a crowd very easily. So I bring things that would make me blend into a crowd easier. Um,
1: like what? But
2: I don't think. I have like a wig because I don't have natural hair color. Um, So I have a natural hair colored wig and I have like a t-shirt, like just a normal ass t-shirt. And I usually wear normal looking pants like jeans and normal sneakers. Um, And then I wear a hat because the wig kind of sucks. So I got to hide that (laughs) the sucky part of the wig. Um, And I think that helps me blend in a little more, Just, just look a little more normal. I have to hide my tattoos as well. Do you have a trench coat? <laughs> I actually don't have a trench coat. Maybe I should invest in one. I don't. I feel like that would make me look. If I went out as myself and I put on a trench coat, I think everyone would immediately know I was a private investigator. It would just be so written all over me. This does especially the, the especially Skies the thing boots. is
1: interesting to me because okay, you say you have to cover up. What, what colors your hair? Is it like? Is it like a? Green or blue or something that makes it like stand out.
2: Yeah, right now it's uh, blonde and pink and purple and blue.
1: Blonde and pink and purple and blue with tattoos. Why would you have to cover up the tattoos? With yeah. the tattoos, like make it. I feel like when I think of a private investigator, I don't think of someone. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like a tattooy kind of job.
2: <laughs> it's because of the copy feel to it. Yeah, um, uh, it's, it's, it's really like it makes me identifiable. So if the person had looked at me and they had happened to look at my tattoo and think, oh, that's uh, cool, yeah, if they saw it again, then I'd be busted. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I might not right, be immediately that that... busted,
2: but the more they see me. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Now, that, that makes perfect sense. If they see if you have like a sort of descript look and they see you multiple times, they're like, wait, why the fuck does this person keep popping up? Yeah. Interesting.
2: hmm Yeah, and that, and that happens quickly.
1: Well, I'll say this. You know, I know that you, you're having these feelings. That not a single feeling that you've brought up, uh, you know, on this phone call in the context of what it is that you are doing seems remotely abnormal. Like, yeah, you know, if you've never, ever <laughs> shadowed a person before... And you are like have this job where you're like a fucking super spy and you've never done it before. Of course you're going to feel a little bit nervous the first time. If it's your first time, of course you're going to feel nervous. I would feel nervous as fuck if I were doing what you were doing. So I don't think anything that you've described is anything other than a, a very normal part of this process. If you could if you could call any part of this process uh, normal. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy thing that you're doing. <laughs> what what brought you to want to do this?
2: Oh, I always wanted to be a detective, but I have never wanted to work for the government. Um, any sort, and you know, on the cop level or federal level. And the only other option is private investigation.
1: So these... The, the guy with the wife and the guy with the, the, the kid, do you, are you going to follow up with them at all? Like, do you have like a, like, are they going to say yeah, you on well, another probably. on another stakeout?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I haven't talked to the boss lady about them yet. Actually, I know that the child case is still going. And I think I'm going back out to the cheating guy on Thursday. But I know I'm going to have somebody with me that time. So that's going to be really nice.
1: Wow, this is fascinating. This is, I mean, it's scary what you're doing because, like, if you get caught (laughs) spying on someone, like, I don't know, that's just a really awkward, that's just a really, you know, being, looking at someone through binoculars and then having them make eye contact through (laughs) the binoculars in any, even if you have a permit to be watching them, still an uncomfortable situation. So I understand why, uh, you have all these feelings about it, but I think you're going to be fine. I think uh, I you have an exciting career ahead of you. You got caught? What happened?
2: Well, I didn't get caught by the, the suspect. I got caught by another person, and she came up to my car, and she was so mad at me. She's like, why are you parked here? And, you know, we have to lie to them. So I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for my friend. And she started going off on me. She's like, you can park at a church. You couldn't park at a at the store down the road you couldn't park anywhere else you had to park in somebody's driveway you know in my head I'm like yes ma'am I literally have to park in your driveway because I can't see this house from any other angle I'm so oh, sorry par- okay you <laughs> but- left
1: out you were parked in her driveway yeah okay you <laughs> left that part out when you said some lady came up to me and was mad at me
0: oh yeah that's fair <laughs> so she <That's> so- fair. <laughs>
1: So you were, so you were parked in this lady's driveway, and she was like, "Hey, can you? How did you resolve that conflict?"
2: Oh, I just left because she started taking pictures of me, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, well, I'm gonna leave." Um, so I
1: did. Well, Alex, I'm very happy to hear that you have this uh, cool job. I'm so excited for you. you have many more. Int- your whole your life is like a fucking TV show now. That's exciting. I know that you are feeling some <laughs> imposter syndrome, but I, I couldn't feasibly imagine you feeling anything else with this kind of job on your first day. So I don't think it's abnormal. And I think a few years from now, when you have hundreds of cases under your belt, um, you know, I think you'll be you'll be a hardened veteran. You have now inspired within me and possibly many other people listening, loads of paranoia that uh, any parked car that they see in their peripheral vision is a private investigator that is spying on them.
2: Oh boy.
1: So, thank you well, for that gift.
2: I would say that the chances are probably somebody doing something illegal more than it being one of us, but but not to, you know, not to inspire the paranoia, but
1: Is there anything you want to say to the people at the computer before we go, better. Alex?
2: Um, well, it's kind of lame, but do what you want to do you know if you want to be a private investigator go do it because it's totally possible and if you want to be a musician go do it it's all possible just do it you know i don't think that's lame
1: at all coming from you i think that uh you're you're definitely living proof that uh you can if you if you can dream it you can do it
2: that's right thank you gecko
1: of course thank you for calling alex Oh man, she was a trip. Shout out to her. I met. I you know. I met what I said at the end. She really is like, like first what she described to me. I totally thought like, I didn't know that you that you could actually be a detective. I thought that was a fake job. I didn't know that there are people who actually do that. That you can legally pay a person to just stalk whoever you want. That people can get stalking permits. Isn't that crazy? You can just... If you want to fuck with your friend, you could just hire someone to stalk them and it's totally legal. And Alex gets to do it. Shout out to Alex. Truly a... a... truly proof that if you can dream it, you can do it. And she was saying she had some imposter syndrome the whole time, but I... And I I, I was kind of... Um, uh, just so engrossed in uh, the the logistics of what it is that she does that I didn't talk to her about it too much but that, also that's because like yeah of course she's gonna be nervous going on these things for the very first time I mean it's crazy uh, but I'm, I'm stoked for her I think she's got a very cool career ahead of her so thank you for calling in to tell us about it Alex I said that I said that weirdly Alex alright alright let's move on let's do another call
3: Hello. Hello, how's it going?
1: Is this Joseph? Yes it is. What's up, man?
3: Uh not much. Is this is the Gecko?
1: This is the Gecko. Hello?
3: Okay, well I got the costume how's it going and everything. On... Nice. Um just wanted to start off by saying I enjoy watching all your clips and your streams and I love the advice that you give out.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate you.
3: So I'm calling in today because I wanted your advice. Um I grew up in a house full of girls and one day um they had me like put on a dress and you know, some makeup as a joke. And I realized that in that moment that I actually kind of liked being like that. And I kind of always played along and in my own time, um, I would dress up in, you know, some of my sister's clothing. But now and today, with me and my um, wife having an apartment and stuff, um, it's been harder, but I still carried it on. And um, I actually, um, have a group that I go to on the, the weekends. And she's been, um I feel like she's been catching on lately because um, there was an incident um, last week where she saw me wearing a pair of her underwear and you know, it was kind of like I just bent over and she noticed and um, I told her like it was a joke, but she's been like
1: acting strange and I think she's catching on to me hmm interesting so I, I want to get a, a little bit of backstory on this so you're, it says you're 28 years old yeah uh so you've you've been cr- and you s- said that this you, when you were growing up so I mean this this was like like how old were were you when you were first started uh uh wearing women's clothing
3: I was like, I want to say like ten.
1: Ten. I guess you've been doing this for about eighteen like years.
3: Eight. Yeah, like more and more so ever since I got with this group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the name of the group is um, Big Buffy and Ditchin', and we get together on the weekends and you know um, you know it's guys that you would never expect, but you know, it kind of makes me feel like more safe because and more normal because you know, these guys do it almost some somewhat just the same way I am. Like they they kinda hide because you know, I guess it's not really accepted out today today's society. Mhm.
1: Mhm. How did you find this uh group of, of fellow uh, crossdressers?
3: cross dressers? Um well I kinda like stumbled upon it. Um like through Google and stuff, but that—that's a like a long story in itself. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So as far as your, you know, all of this in relation to um, your wife, how long have you guys been married for? How long guys been together for? Um.
3: Well, period, like about like seven years, but we've been married for like four.
1: Okay, so you've been together for seven, and this is, and this is not like a new. Th- you this the cross dressing has been a part of your life for like a really long time, from what you've told me, right? He,
3: yeah, like I've been experimenting more and more over the years, but
1: yes. Okay, and throughout all those seven years, it never, it never came up to her.
3: No, because you know it's it's not something I'm. Particularly, you know, like, telling everybody exactly, you know? Like, it's more on the town, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Can Can you tell me why are you afraid of your wife knowing about it?
3: I don't want her to think, you know, like, maybe I'm not attracted to her or, like, I'm gay or she might leave me. You know, like, it's complicated for me. Yeah, and yeah, like I do love her and everything, and then, you know, like at the same time I do enjoy like other stuff that I feel like I could never tell her. Like every time I dress up, I put a butt plug in, and mm-hmm. like that feels good for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, man, I understand this from from both of those sides. Um, so let me ask you. Because you know, wa- wanting to wear women's clothing doesn't inherently say anything about your sexuality. But I assume that you assume that your wife will think the wrong that idea. it means that we'll get the wrong idea and think, oh, he's gay. Why would I, you know, be with with a, a man who's gay? He's, you know, I tried to me, of course. Um,
3: yeah, and she's pregnant on top of that. So it's, it's you know mm-hmm. she's she's been crazy with her emotions lately. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know, my opinion is, um, I mean, look, I don't if 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 you so tell so tell me this. So you are attracted to your wife. You are in love with of your course, wife. Yeah. There's no sort of like. Oh, I might not like girls kind of thing. You, you you, are attracted to your wife, and this cross-dressing thing doesn't have any effect on yes. your sexuality.
3: I just don't want her to feel like, you know, like I'm prettier than her sometimes, or like, you know, like... Like she has, you know, like anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: So, if you're married to this woman and you've been with her for seven years, it's important for her i feel like it's important for you guys to have a level of communication with each other where you feel like you can adequately explain this to her it might come as a a bit of a shock you know especially if you guys have been together for seven years and this has sort of been a part of your life for a long time it might come as a shock to her that you've never talked about it before but i think if you're married to this woman and you're about to have a kid with this woman you guys should be at a level of communication where you know, you should be able to be like, hey, I like dressing in women's clothing that has no effect on, you know, my sexuality. That has no effect on how I feel about you. But it is a thing about me that I've been hiding because I feel like you'll think this and you'll think this and that. But I'm telling you this, you know, she should be able to understand that you guys should be able to have that conversation. I, I understand the fear behind wanting to have that conversation. But if you guys are getting married and you're having a kid, I, I feel like your relationship with her should be such that you guys should be able to talk this out. I mean, what do you think well,
3: of that? I, I, I mean, I hear you, but um, the thing is, like, you know, like, I know my—no no offense, like, I know my girlfriend best, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, yes, yeah, sure. Of my
3: wife. And, um, uh, like— She's—I don't want to say she's homophobic, but she—I know she does not like the idea of like gay people. She believes to each his own or anything else like that. But I feel like she might think like I'm a weirdo, and I don't feel like a weirdo. I feel like you know, like I'm just trying to be myself and mm-hmm. like just have experiences.
1: Hmm. so you you think that your uh, wife will judge you heavily
3: for this i think she would she would run for the hills i mean run? especially if run like for the she hills? Asked to see me if i mean what girl would it i don't know like if she saw me dressed i, I up, wouldn't go i wouldn't know, like, i wouldn't
1: go ahead tell me what you're gonna say
3: No, like, I feel like if she actually see me dressed up and then, you know, I come out, like, you know, like, in my tight leather clothes that I like to wear, she's gonna just walk away.
1: You know, I think, and, you know, look, man, I know you said you you know your wife well. Um, and this is, this is hard, man, because I'm sure that your relationship is a lot deeper than you could let on, uh, in this little phone call. But if you're going to be married to this person and you're going to have a kid with this person, like, I, I, I feel like they should be able to accept you for who you are. I mean, that's one of the, like. I mean, for me personally, everyone has their own little thing. But, you know, uh, that, that feels like a major tenant of marriage is like you you, you are, are accepting of, of, of one another. I feel like, and that man, you know, I feel like you deserve somebody if you're going to get married and have a child with them. You deserve somebody who fucks with you for who you are. Uh, I mean, if you guys have been together for seven years, I mean, I I, like I get it. If like you've been dating for a month, if you know, she's like, yeah, I don't know how comfortable I am with this. I'm I'm out like, you know, sure, whatever. But I mean, if you guys have been together for seven years, I I, I feel like the relationship has evolved to a point where, you know, you, you should be able to talk about this again. I don't know your relationship, but. It it does pain me because I feel like you deserve deserve a person who, you know, won't think you're weird for this kind of stuff. I mean, maybe if she was like, I, you know, I don't mind you doing this, but I don't want to see it or something like that. You know, maybe that's a workable situation, but I don't know. I don't feel like this is something that you should have to hide if it's. You know, if this is your wife, we're talking about. But what are your, what are your thoughts on all this? Because you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just talking shit.
3: Well, yeah, like it's just um, it's I guess it's the the not knowing and the what if and the like. I I do construction, and she knows like a lot of people that I work with, and you know, like God forbid, like she was to like be mad and post anything online, and you know, like all the guys would know and like, it would just, I feel like it would spread like wildfire mm-hmm. and I, maybe even if she's accepting and you know, I don't know. She tells someone off the bed and she goes to advice for someone and people, people talk
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and I just don't feel like this secret's ready to come out yet.
1: Yeah, dude. Okay. So, uh, you know, against everything i just said this is your secret this is your life and um if you feel you know it's like if you feel like it's the most beneficial for you to keep it a secret then uh that's of course your decision to make i Do you feel think I'd like be wrong
3: if i kept it a secret
1: i can't i can't answer that Because you only know your life And you only know what's best for you I can't tell you what's best for you I personally think You deserve to be with somebody Who accepts you for who you are If you're gonna get fucking married to them Because marriage, I mean I mean, like, look I don't think marriage is that sacred You can always get a fucking divorce People do it all the time But If you're gonna get fucking married to someone And have a kid with them I mean, that's, that's some serious shit You know that should be a person who just like fucks with you, you know, on a on a on a really deep, deep level. And I think if you're going to get married to someone, you deserve to get married to somebody who fucks with you on that deep of a level. That's just my own opinion. If you're going to get married, um, but again, you're your own person. If you're evaluating everything, and you're coming to the conclusion, my life would just be better. If I continue to hide this, you know, I don't think you're inherently wrong or right. I don't think you're inherently wrong or right for making either decision. Um, but I'm just kind of giving my thoughts on both sides of that.
3: I was thinking about maybe introducing the buck plug idea to her and seeing if she would be down with that.
1: You could start slow like that.
3: Yeah. I think that would
1: be the best way to do it. I might try next week. Um. Well, again, what's your name, uh, Joseph? Well, Joseph, good luck to you. And and like I said, I really, it's 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 hard because I, I understand both sides of where you're coming from. And it's your decision at the end of the day yeah, as to whether or not you, you. I do
3: you appreciate
1: make your time. Separate. Totally. Um. I do. I do think you deserve somebody. Who uh, you feel like will love you uh, f- for exactly who you are? I feel like you deserve that. If you're gonna give somebody your life, I mean, that's what you're doing with marriage. Like you're giving somebody your fucking life. You know, should be somebody who you really feel like deserves it. Um, so just I like just to live by the that.
3: saying: "If what they don't know, what hurts."
1: Hey, you know what? It's not that's not uh, a horrible that's not a horrible philosophy to live by either. If that's what you choose. Thank you. Thank
3: you.
1: Good luck to you, Joseph.
3: Well, I got a lot out of this. Thank you, Gek.
1: Of course, man. Take care.
3: You the man. Bye. (sighs) Ah, that was
1: a tough one. That was a tough one. Um,. Let's see. It is very hard. You know, it's it's hard, right? Because I get on here and people call me and they tell me these things. And, you know, I have my thoughts of what I think. Oh, you should have, you should have, if you're getting married to someone, you know, it should be someone who accepts you for who you are. You know, it's easy for me to sit here and say that. I do believe it. I really do. I really do believe that. That if you're gonna give somebody your fucking life, if you're gonna marry someone. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, it should be somebody who accepts you for who you are. But that's an, you know, easy thing for me to say over the course of this fifteen-minute phone call because I'm not living in the fear, the the visceral emotions of it that this guy is living in, and he, in you know, overcoming and you know, it very it very well could be that overcoming that fear is too much for him. And he he looks at his life and from a logical point of view says it just would make more sense to keep this as a secret. It would just make me happier. If I can have this little thing, if I can go to my little group, I can have fun there. I can do my cross-dressing and then I can have my other life with my wife who has no idea. I got my other life with these construction worker friends. They have no idea. And that just makes me happy, and I just want to keep it like that. And you know what? I, I tr- truly, truly, I, would, I wouldn't fault him for doing that at all. I wouldn't fault him for doing that at all. So, I, you know, I just hope he makes whatever decision is the best for him. Okay. And scene. Let's take another call, baby. Hey, folks. This episode is sponsored by FunLove.com. Oh yeah, that's right, we have finally gotten a coveted sex toy marketplace sponsorship. And boy, does this place have it all. Funlove.com is your place to go for vibrators, lingerie, BDSM bondage stuff if you're into that, penis pumps, cock rings, chastity belts, go crazy folks. Go to funlove.com and use the code GECKO at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today and make a horny purchase. Hello? Hi, is this Lydia?
4: This is Lydia.
1: What's going on with you, Lydia?
4: Oh, you know, I've just been enjoying your podcast here. It's been good.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that.
4: I'm really happy I'm talking to you. I'm I'm kinda shocked a little bit, I'm gonna be honest.
1: I'm stoked to be talking to you too. I, I uh I'm really enjoying the stream tonight. I'm enjoying talking to people. Some nights oh. <laughs> feel very slow, some nights uh you know, my energy is off, but I feel very good I feel really good tonight. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful oh, for yeah. any moment I get to have where I'm I'm feeling attentive and 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 happy in the moment so that was a little corny
4: of that's me good to say. you gotta but always live it. in the present
1: can't take it back now <laughs> it's been said uh how can i get you lydia
4: <laughs> yeah so you know i just kind of wanted to get a little bit of your perspective um i haven't you know talked to anyone for about four years and and i never went on a dating app so first time i went on tinder i met someone pretty interesting And it's the only person I ever met on there. Um, So, yeah, this person, you know, very smart, um, taught me gardening stuff, like very smart. But as I got to know him a little bit more, I discovered he likes some very interesting things. And then he has some suspicious behavior. So I guess I'll start with like the smaller stuff. Like he only likes, we're both 30 years old. I feel like Snapchats for like high schoolers, he will only communicate through that. Mm. I got his number like months later after I knew him because I thought it was kind of weird. You know, like, how do I not know this guy's number? So he gave it to me and then one time I sent him a message and he like freaked out, like, no, only message me on Snapchat. I was like, okay. Then he pays everything in cash and then, so like for everything, like we'll go on a little mini vacation all cash. If like gets an Uber to my house or something, like he won't use the app. Like he, I'll order it and then he'll get here and pay me cash. Um, so like, or he'll say like, you know, Lydia, if anyone bothers you, like I'll take care of you. I don't even know what that means. So I don't really know a lot about him. He's very nice to me though. Um, so it's just been very interesting. And, you know, as I started doing other stuff with him, like I discovered he likes wearing girl underwear and other things and I think what kind of you know like made me feel like not so positive about the situation was just the way it was presented to me I always go you know like it's not what you say it's how you say it so, like how it was presented to me was very shocking I've never seen anything like that or done anything like that or even met a guy who really like I have friends but like I never experienced that with a guy you know <laughs>
2: So when you yeah, say well, hold on just to like clarify when so you say when you say it
1: or do you mean do you mean everything you've been talking about this far or just the women's underwear thing?
4: Well aside from like the I don't know how much I can say here you know like aside from the woman's underwear. Oh, You mean like in terms themes. of you can
1: say whatever you want. On here.
4: Okay so okay so it started small so first he'll call me like can you stick your finger in my behind and I was like. Okay, like, I never had a guy who asked me. I'm like, sure, whatever, I'll explore, you know? And then it started going to butt plugs. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Then one day we were, like, kind of in, and actually, you know, having a good time. And then he's just like, oh, you know, I want to show you, like, the porn I like. And I was just kind of, like, in shock because I was, you know, a little distracted. So he just showed it to me. And then he's like, isn't this just, like, a beautiful girl with such a large, you know, cock? And so after that, I was I was kind of like, uh, like surprised because I was not expecting anything like that. So then, you know, I didn't want to make him feel awkward because I feel, you know, that's something like something you don't fully always share, I guess. So, you know, I, I'm glad he was open and all, but like it was still like kind of like where'd that come from? And, yeah, so I didn't really say much about it. But then after, like, the whole thing, I, like, kind of, like, thought about it. And I was, like, me, do you kind of feel a little insecure? Because, you know, I'll never have a penis.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Like, these whole times that we've been doing things, like, has he imagined me with a penis? Like, you know, he wanted me to get butt plugs, put my finger in him. And then he'll, like, suck my finger and say, it's, like, my girl cock. I didn't even know what that was.
1: Okay, so... (laughs) So, the, so the, you, we, we've got we've got a lot of things going on here. Um, two different. Yeah, two, you, yeah, this, you, we're talking, these are two separate things, by the way. I feel like you're bringing up two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, the, there's the whole like, what the fuck's up with this guy and what he does? And then there's what. The fuck's yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, what's up with this guy in the bedroom type of thing. So let's talk about the first one first. Um, he Shire. pays for everything yeah. in cash. So I mean, it's yeah. pretty safe to assume that he does some. He's a drug guy, you said. You say I mean, you told the call screener that he works in the cannabis industry.
4: Yeah, he's a professional licensed cannabis industry. He like manages like four hundred plants in his warehouse.
1: Yeah. Okay. Very and he clearly skin. has like mm-hmm. a a privacy. Thing because uh, yeah. he only wants to do Snapchat. He's want one of your conversations recorded. He pays for everything with cash. Maybe he just has this, like, and inherent distrust safety. of
5: like,
4: the government.
1: To... <laughs> or... say, say that again.
4: He always is concerned about safety. Like, oh, God, that too. Yeah. Say that
1: one last time. You said it. You cut out right when you were talking about safety.
4: So he... He's also always very concerned about safety all the time. Like, he always wants to have a gun around him.
1: He always has a gun around him?
4: Yeah, that too, yes. I think that's kind like of an important detail.
1: At all? Like, every time you're with him, he has a gun?
4: Yeah, yeah. Like, he'll come over and he'll bring his gun. Yeah, if we go somewhere, like, on vacation, he'll take it.
1: Okay. Um. how does that make you feel?
4: Well, um, I'm not really afraid of guns. I'm pretty comfortable with them. I own one myself. It's not like I go, you know, I'm not like a fanatic and go all crazy about them, but I'm, I'm a girl, you know, who lives at home, so I just have a handgun for protection. So it doesn't really bother me. But it is kind yeah. of odd that it's like, why do you, like he's so worried about safety that you always feel like you have to have a gun. Like I leave, I have one, but I don't feel like if I leave my house I must have it with me to feel safe, you know.
1: Okay. So he uh he pays with everything in cash. <laughs> he's afraid of people listening to mm-hmm. his conversations, he carries a gun around him, around with him everywhere, mm-hmm. as you say, not just uh mm-hmm. like you guys go on your mini vacations and he brings the gun.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, so like, you know what, him the whole the whole second part of this where it's like he is uh, you know mm-hmm. attracted to trans people yeah. and you're wondering like oh is yeah. does he not attracted to me because I'm not trans you know whatever that is what it it is make, is, yeah but, yeah um, yeah what, <laughs> what wh- <laughs> wh- how long have you known this guy for?
4: Uh, I would say like eight months or so since September last year. You've been, you've been year.
1: dating for eight months.
4: Yeah, but I don't see him all the time. It's a little bit like an interesting setup, you know, because I'm pretty independent myself. So I only see him maybe a couple times a, a month. And then sometimes we'll take like a little vacation or something. Um, yeah. And then you wrote, he
1: has offered to take care of people. You told me this as well. You said he has offered to take care yeah,
4: of people. Yeah, he has said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Said it a couple times. Like, if anyone bothers you, let me know. I'm have them sure killed. Get taken care of. I I honestly never asked for details. I think I just heard that and I was like, what in the. What is that? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm obviously you know, not going to say if I have a problem with
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Lydia, uh, listen, Lydia, you're your own human being. You are 30 years mm-hmm. old. You have the agency to, you know, date, see, so do whatever you want. But by God, this guy, mm-hmm. I, this guy I would not date this guy. <laughs> this guy is, seems dangerous to
4: me. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think I tend to like, danger- I don't know. Yeah, it's a pattern, I guess. I'm very smart. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. You i get say it's that. a pattern.
4: <laughs> yeah, my uh the last person I was
1: with was a very toxic person too. Yeah. Um, okay, you said two just now. Are you was that a 14 slip or well, do, you, do you do that you said he was
4: like a, hmm, Why I did I it didn't say he was
1: toxic, you know. I'm this. I'm just talking you through what's uh-huh. going on with you. Do you do you think he's toxic?
4: Not really, because he's very nice to me. Like, yes, there's these odd behaviors. I see that. I see that as red flags that you should run for the hills for. I get that, but he's also very kind to me. Like, very generous, very, very nice. Very nice, very uh, thoughtful. You see, I'm know. conflicted.
1: I'm, I'm conflicted about this because mm-hmm. you know, look, you're your own person. You should okay. do whatever you want. But uh, I don't yeah. know. It just it just it just makes me squeamish that you know, cause like, look, people are nice to you until they're not. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a guy mm-hmm. who's, I, I don't know. It just, this is a weird situation to me. This guy's always carrying around a gun and he's like, cause another thing is if you don't really know that, if you don't really know what's going on with this guy, yeah. I'm in my head. I'm like, well, what if, you I know, don't. what if like there's, he's involved with some fucking gang or something. And they're like, all right, well, we can't get him. Let's figure out who's c- close to him and, you know, send a, yeah. kidnap her or whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, look. I'm not going to tell you yeah, it's. True. I'm not going to tell you it's not safe. I'm not going to tell you it is safe. I. I, I don't really know. I really can't gather that much information over this 11 minute phone call. But. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this: You called me, and I don't know if this is yeah. just like something that you just like. Oh, I called a gecko. Let me think of what I have to talk about. But it, the fact that you called me shows that there is some inkling within you that's like it's a little bit skeptical yeah, of this whole situation thing. get away let's talk yeah. let's talk about this gut feeling what's what's this gut feeling saying to you
4: um it just says well okay so um i just feel like i in a sense need him for something because i grow cannabis plants he gave me some so i need him to tell me like what medication Nutrients to give it, and then everything's so secretive. Like, if I ask, Oh, what did I give this? What's the brand of it? I want to like share it with whatever, and then n- very limited information will only tell me day by day. Um, bring all right, I'll the I'll back up, back up, back up, back up, back up,
2: back up.
1: You, you, you say you need you, this gut feeling is saying we're all over the place now. You're saying you need him to yeah. help you grow your plants,
4: yeah. I know that sounds so bad. And and you're
1: saying that as a reason to stay with him? What are you saying that as?
4: Well, see, the way I see it, I don't really see him too much. I see him maybe a couple times a month. And then when I do see him, it's like a good time. So the time, like, uh, I still get like instructions on my plants. And then I want to learn how to grow them, so I can just have that as my supply. So I see it as I only have to. Okay, really hold on. We're get, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic here.
1: For... We're, we're, this is a feels yeah, off yeah, topic because yeah. I, I'm talking about this yes, gut feeling. Is. You called me
3: because <laughs> you wanted feeling. to talk to
1: me mm-hmm. about this stuff. How you mm-hmm. feel like this guy is shady. You know, whatever the bedroom stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels like an after the fact thing. But mm-hmm. you just feel like he was yeah. shady, and so you called to talk about it because mm-hmm. a gut feeling is telling you yeah. that it's shady. Tell me about that gut feeling.
4: Yeah, my gut feeling says it's not worth my time.
1: Okay. Your gut like, feeling is telling you that it's not it, yeah, worth my time. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. That's a, that's a, I don't know. <laughs>
1: This 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 is a t- this is, a, this, is a, this is a tough situation because you're an adult. I'm not you know I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Yeah. But like I mean, if you want my, I'm not even looking at the chat right now. I'm sure everyone has the same thing where they're like, yeah, yeah. This guy, he sounds to me like he's kind of bad news. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're an adult. You can make whatever risky decisions you want to make, but it's definitely. I I just I don't know about this guy. It seems like a weird situation to be mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So just be vigilant at least.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. And this is. You said you're on Tinder right?
4: Yeah. It was the first time I used it. Only person I met there.
1: Hmm. Are you talking to other people on Tinder?
4: No. I, I only like to. Sleep with one person at a time. Mm
2: hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, Lydia, uh, good luck to you. I hope that talking about this situation. You said, you, did you tell me that? You, have you, like, tell, told other people that you're seeing this guy? And, like, just about this shit?
4: Just one person knows. My friend. Oh, is
1: it, like, one of your friends? What, what does your friend think about this whole situation?
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't, they don't think he's a positive person to veer out.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. So now we have two perspectives. Um,. Right, because I'm a, li- and this is a bad time too, because I'm thinking like, well, shit, if she's gonna break up with him, like, I'm, almost, I'm like, dude, I'm scared about like, how are you gonna leave this? Because this guy just seems like he's a, Ugh. this is messy. Because oh, be if fine. I'm you, I'm like, okay, cool. Because I, you know, I'm just thinking about like, if you're gonna leave this, like, is this he, has he ever, ever been like violent or weird or just a little no? shady?
4: No, just like the, the communication thing is kind of off, you know, like the cash thing. Um, that's it. But yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about him, so that's kind of odd too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just, he's very nice to me, very generous. I don't know. Very nice person. Well, um, <laughs> he well, also Lydia... likes weird things.
1: Well, Lydia, uh, you know, look, man, be vigilant, uh, all that stuff. Um, thank you for sharing. Uh, is there anything that you want to say to the people with the computer before we go?
4: No, thank you for listening. I think listening helps more than you know.
1: Awesome. Thank you for calling, Lydia.
4: And thank you. All right. Bye.
1: Would I personally date a guy who brings a gun everywhere? I would not. Yeah, that just had bad news written all over it. That had bad news written all over it. And you and I heard Lydia I I I almost went deeper into this, but I guess I didn't, where she said I you heard her say. She said that she's attracted to danger, and maybe that's part of the reason why she continues to see him. And she had all these reasons. She was sort of justifying it. She was like, "Well, he's nice to me, and I only see him a few months, a few times a month, and and like whatever, you know. She's an adult. She can make her own decisions if she is attracted to danger and wants to do risky stuff. Uh, you know, it's her prerogative. But dad just fucking didn't sit right with me at all." <laughs> Anything with that guy. Uh, I hope she is okay. I hope she makes the right decision. Whatever that may be. Stay safe, Lydia. Okay. Moving on.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing
5: No, it's me. Lyle?
1: Oh my god, I didn't think I was going to get picked. Hi. And here you are. You're picked. Let's make it worth it. Hi. Uh, how me, are
5: Joey? you doing
1: tonight, Lyle? Joey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling, I. I to be honest, I'm feeling better than I felt uh, in the past 48 hours. How are you doing?
5: You know what? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I was just making a steak for dinner and I I accidentally set off my smoke alarm, so I had to deal with that for a few minutes, so uh, but it's good now.
1: Is it still going?
5: No, you'd hear it if it was.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why that's why that was a dumb question of me to ask. What's going on with you, Joey?
5: Uh, nothing much. I'm just uh, <laughs> Just living trying to live my best life, you know. Doing doing everything I can to make others happy in the world, you know. Uh
1: is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about tonight?
5: Yeah, so the reason I called you Lyle was because so I don't know if you know who the Colorado Avalanche are. No idea. But they are they are the Colorado hockey team. So like they're the professional hockey team in Colorado. And they've just made it to the Western Conference Finals. So they're one they're one round away from making it to like the championship, right? Mm-hmm. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Okay. So when they so for context, in game in game five, they um they uh in game five they blew a 3 nothing lead. So, in the third period, they had a 3-1 to lead, and they blew it. They ended up losing that game 5-4 to in overtime. And I found myself getting very upset. Like, I was beyond upset, right? Oh, yeah. So, so upset that I pounded my fist at the bar, and I, like, hurt my fist for a little bit. And I went to bed angry. And then when I woke up, I found myself, I was very anxious because my team happened to have this curse on them where they couldn't get out of the second round. They did they did eventually win the game, but up until that point where they won the game, I was extremely like just anxious and nervous that we were going to lose again and I I found that I was letting myself become hyper like my emotions, my happiness and my sadness were dictated by the hockey team, right? So yeah. my question to you is how do I how how should I not get so invested? Because I like have I have a ton of jerseys. I I buy you know I just bought a ticket to game one tomorrow, you know. So like I I am a super fan, but I don't want to have my emotions connected to it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, man. It's a, well, you told the call screener that you feel like your obsession with sports is letting it uh, letting you know affecting your happiness and your emotions to an excessive degree. Um, yes, yes, so, uh, I feel like sports is like with all things, you know, uh, an escapism, you know, because you're you're emotionally invested in something and it feels kind of good to care about shit, be emotionally invested in shit. And that's why people get invested into sports is because uh, there's something to that. Uh, And I guess the problem, and you could say this about a lot of things, but it becomes a problem when you get so emotionally invested into this thing that is not worth being the sole focus of all of the emotions that you have to invest, right? That's the problem. Um, So I ask you, what else in your life do you have to become emotionally invested in
5: well (laughs) um well i i kind of just got a boyfriend so i have that but he's an hour away from me and i can only ever i can only see him like every other week because you know gas is expensive Mm -hmm. so you know i'm trying to uh so I have that, and then I have a couple. I don't know if you have heard of the shows called "Has Been Hotel" and "Hell of a Boss." No, they're on no. YouTube. They're free to watch. So, "Has Been Hotel" is about the princess of hell. Um, they have like a purge in hell every well, year. Well, to, well, hold on, hold on. you don't have to. You, you don't have have to to tell over. me
1: what the what the what the show is about. But are, are you saying that those shows are what you would you're becoming emotionally invested in?
5: Yes, but the problem okay. is. The season finale of, of one of the shows is taking a while to come out because it's an independently funded show, and then the other one the other one is a uh, um it, is, it's still coming out. So I'm kind of okay. invested in that. Man. What do you do? What do you
1: do for so, for living? Yeah, or are you in are you in school or do you work?
5: Uh, I work at this place called Microchip. Microchip. Um, uh, man, people yeah. are, people are mean in chat. They're saying I need. To don't. Yeah, 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 wait, like,
1: yeah, do yeah, Joey, 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 can you hear me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Joey, please don't read the chat. Please put the chat away and we'll just, you and me talk. Don't worry about what they're saying. They're not real people. They're just spots. This is all. And you're not real Sorry. either. The callers aren't real. I'm not real. None of this is real. We're all a dream in my head. Don't read the chat. Can you hear me, Joey?
5: Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, don't listen. Sorry, don't Lyle.
1: Li- no, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Don't listen to anything that they said. Okay. Um, all right. So you have the you have your boyfriend. You are you, yeah. You so work at this place called Microchip. Tell me tell me more about your job. What do you do there?
5: So it's it's kind of hard to describe what I do there because it's like. I I literally make microchips, so I'm in a clean room, Um, like I'm wearing a bunny suit, which is kind of like a hazmat suit, but white, and like you have to put boots on, you have to put glasses on, but the whole spiel.
1: Okay. Do you like your job?
5: Not really, but it pays very well and it's a very okay. prof- it's like a very professional job
1: okay that's fair so, so you, you don't like the job you know, itself it, but it, you it, like the status and the money which is fair right okay um see so you have your boyfriends but he lives an hour away do you, do you have do you have friends
5: Yes I do um they're they are they're very busy because they deal with a lot of um, crap themselves sure so I I don't really get to talk to them that often and we do hang out at a club meeting like um, at like a, a club every every other Wednesday that I can make awesome. it um, right. for, for for a card game
1: awesome um, so you have your card game club every other week that's great um, you have this job which you Seem like you're proud of and it's making you money, but you don't like the job that much yourself. You have this boyfriend's. Um, so the reason I'm, I'm asking all this stuff because you know we're we're kind of trying to find like you're getting and and you and this is you you telling me that you feel like it's a problem for you um, being too heavily emotionally invested into uh, sports, which is something that you just you know I mean it's a classic thing that you have no control over. Um, And that it has no control over you, you know, so uh, I think it's, you know, everybody has their thing, whether it's video games or movies or whatever. And, you know, if it makes you happy, that's awesome. But, you know, I think you, you also understand that like there's, uh, uh, you know, you want to limit your amount of emotional investment in, in this kind of stuff uh, before it gets like too real because you, you're describing it as getting too real um and find better things to be emotionally invested in and your relationships are great things to be emotionally invested in you know you, you your friends uh, I love that you have this card group of people I think that's awesome um I love that you have this relationship that's that's new that you seem excited about that's awesome um you don't seem too invested in your job but that's that's okay not everyone has to love their job but I guess I'm trying to think of like what are some productive things things for you to get emotionally invested in that aren't just uh, you know, sports or uh, or entertainment necessarily.
5: Yeah, and see, see that's the problem because I funny, funnily enough, I do have a real therapist and a psychiatrist and yeah. we, we talk about these things because I, I do, I do take antidepressants and stuff but mm-hmm. the problem is like it they like all they help me do is like get out of bed, really, and then it's up to me to determine what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a very interesting person. I live mm-hmm. kind of in a I live in a very beautiful city where there's a lot of nature outdoorsy stuff, and I'm not a very outdoorsy person. So, you know, I I'm more like let's go do things with people. Let's go let's go hang out with people, but the problem is is when you don't have anybody to go do those things with, you know, then you kind of just have to find something, you know?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so you say you're not a very interesting person. Do you, do you, genuine question, do you want to be more interesting?
5: Well, I mean, yes and no. Like, I, I want, I want to... I want to be a good enough person and an interesting enough person to be able to make an impact on the world where I can make people smile, make people happy, just, you know, be a light in people's lives where they don't have one. I but at the same awesome. time, I the think, problem well, with I wanted that, to just
1: say right there, I just want to say right there, I think what you just said, that goal, I think that in and of itself is a thing that is worth you becoming emotionally invested in, is the... The idea of that and how you can execute upon that idea. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because um
5: So like try and find try and find a way to get involved in like local community and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, that's that's one of, you know, a billion different ways that you can satisfy that goal right there. I'm a big fan of the general the general idea that can uh, be filled in many different vessels, such as getting involved in local uh, shit, like you just said. Um, so I think that right there is a great thing to be emotionally invested in that's not necessarily, um, you know, uh, sports or or entertainment. Um, tell me, what what else does your therapist tell you when you bring all this shit up to them?
5: So my therapist, I actually my last meeting with him was like two weeks ago because I can't afford him anymore because he's Mm -hmm. I have insurance but he's out of market so I have to pay out of pocket for him. Yeah. So I'm actually working on finding a new therapist. But what he was saying was, you know, I think maybe the stems from you just having a having an overwhelming sense of self hate. Hmm. Really?
1: What was the reasoning
5: for that? Because. Because I do have an overwhelming sense of self-loathing, self-hatred, self-pity, sure. you know, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Right. And you, know, I, and, you know, I look at people like you, Lyle, and I see the great impact you're having on your community. And, I, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. Even if it's just talking, you know, just talking to someone even for five minutes a day can pro- maybe save someone's life, you know? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think, um, well, I think that's awesome. I, I, I think that if if you get anything out of it, if we can take this call down to a thesis of it for you to, like, think about with all this shit, I think that right there is the thesis is, is you know, great. You have, a, and I've talked to people a lot about this before, you have, like, this central idea that you want to help people—that's a great, it's a fantastic foundation. Not not necessarily that idea itself, but just to have any idea of what you want to do while you're alive. Um, and so all this, all this emotional energy that you're putting into—if I can give you one sort of recommendation— all this emotional energy that you're putting into, um, and not to say that you have to stop watching hockey or stop, you know. Watching these these uh, online shows or anything like that, but like I I would take some of the emotional energy that you're putting into those things and put it into really sitting down and thinking. Like I would like, dude. Even if you wrote out a list on paper of like, okay, I want to help people, I want to give back to the community in some way. What are concrete Ways that I could do that. Do, do, does it involve going on fucking Facebook events and finding when people are picking up trash at the local park? Or does it involve going on YouTube and making videos talking about your experience with your self hatred and how that, you know, you sharing that might be able to help other people? Whatever it is, just like taking some time to brainstorm and really think about actionable ways for you to accomplish this central idea that you have, um, I think would help. Um, and I think that, and I'm not a real therapist, I'm not going to tell you anything that you're real therapist, you know, whatever, but I think with the self-hatred thing, I think we all deal with a little bit of that. And I think if you had a little bit of evidence for yourself, right? If you sat down and you... Wrote this stuff out, and then you went and actioned mm-hmm. upon it, and then it it provided you with a little bit of evidence of like, okay, great, I do, and you, and this will, ha- and this will happen if you take some form of action toward it. Is a little bit of evidence will sprout up, and you'll be like, oh, I do have the ability to affect change in other people, and I've evidenced that to myself through these actions I've taken. You know, your brain won't be able to ignore that. So that, that is what I would, I would recommend to you. What do you, what do you think about all of that?
3: Okay.
5: I think you're right. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's some of the best advice I've gotten in a long time. And, you know, I really, I, I can't believe it's coming from a gecko.
1: So. <laughs> I, I fucking can't believe it's coming from a gecko.
5: But Lyle, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Of course, man. Um, Joey, of course, of course. Um, what's the name of this team again?
5: The Colorado Avalanche.
1: Colorado. Okay, I'll be keeping an eye on the Colorado Avalanche, and um, I do hope you take the time to think about actionable ways to, you know, go off on that idea. Because uh, I believe in you, Joey. You sound like a sweet guy, and uh, you know, I'm wishing you good luck on your journey.
5: Thank you. And people, don't forget to tip your bartenders. Cha-ching, baby.
1: Have a good night, Joey.
5: Have a good night, Lyle.
1: I like Joey. He's a sweet guy. He's a sweet guy. I talk about this all the time on here. Rarely think about it when I'm trying to solve my own problems in my own life. That's how a lot of therapy gecko stuff goes. From it, I have little moments in my life where I'm like, "Well, you told people on the internet you should to do this. Why don't you fucking do it?" And I'm like, "Ah, fuck! I'm therapy geckoing myself." Um, because I have tenants like that. The whole, the whole, that whole call was about having a little inkling of a general idea of what you want to do with your time alive and then trying to figure out how to do it. Which is what I hope Joey does. I think mine is that I just want to do something interesting. I just want to be doing something interesting. I think there's something interesting about talking to strangers on the phone about their lives. And so I do that. And if I ever can't do that, I will think of something else interesting to do. But it's always good to have some sort of general, vague tenant that is just a floaty idea more so than a specific i want to go to berlin and be in be a crab fisherman because then when you're banned from berlin and you found out you're allergic to crabs you're fucked but if you're just like i want to do interesting things then you know there's infinite ways to fulfill that good luck to joey sweet boy sorry the chat was being mean to him Hope they don't do that again.
2: On the line. Your phone calls every night.
0: BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in twenty twenty two.